Hello people, welcome back to the podcast and today we have a very, very special guest. Uh, it's none other than my partner Nina and it's our first podcast together. feels like such a great moment to be able to share this with you and just put it out there to the world um, because of course she's a very, very significant person in my life uh, and means a lot to me. Ultimately she's taught me so much, it's, it is a pleasure to put this out there to to harness some of that wisdom and share it with other people. And it's great to have a platform to do that. So speaking of this, I'm very, I'm very thankful. And um, we met around nine years ago and we don't go into how we met or much about our relationship. However, that is a crazy story, which we will tell one day. It is without a doubt that Nina is one of the most kind, thoughtful, good natured people that I know. Of course I'll say that because I'm a partner, but it's it's a fact and I can say that with all of my being. Um, she, yeah, she's taught me a lot and she continues to teach me. And if there's a couple of words that I could describe Nina, it would be authentic, truthful and honest. I think those values, being truthful and honest, are, are, are real, real values close to her heart. Everyone who knows her can feel that. She feels very deeply as she cares very deeply about the world and the people in it. Now, it wouldn't be right to label Nina here, uh, and you'll find out why that is early on in the podcast, but she is a life coach. She's a self-led, curious ladybird who asks the big questions in life. She started a movement called I Am Circle, which helps people channel their energy inward and provides amazing tools and practices to help them do that. And ultimately just remember who they really are by connecting them to their human experience and the human essence which we go into in the podcast and she always explores this with curiosity and a playful nature helping people tap into their own potential and she's more passionate about doing this than than anyone I've ever met. Um, we go into talk in the podcast about the true essence of humans, um, the skin that we live in, and how to develop a connection to accepting ourselves and loving ourselves. We talk about our connection to ourself uh, and our body and our self-image. We, of course, go off on a few tangents, but ultimately arrive at the core of the conversation, which is how you really discover your true essence or remember what it is, um, and self, which is at the heart of what Nina does as a coach. You can head over to her website. It's called iamcircle.co.uk. Link for that will be in the description, and it will give you a flavor of what she is all about and how you can get in touch with her. We will be definitely be recording some more of these podcasts in the future because we barely scratched the surface. So yeah, head over to YouTube if you want to view and watch the podcast it is live on there um yeah hope you enjoy hope you find some value if you do get in touch let us know what you think and i will see you on the other side thanks for tuning in enjoy Thanks for making this happen. Yeah. Well, equally, you've made this happen mm -hmm. at the same time. 
It's the twenty second. Yeah. So, so the reason we've um, yeah, I kind of in, in impetus to get this done today, um, because of course, you know, I've always wanted to host you on the podcast because yeah, when I look around at friends and other people and and people call them influencers or whatever the people who I want on the podcast are the people who inspire me and that is definitely yourself um more than more than anyone but the impetus for today was the 22nd episode and it's the 22nd of April Mm -hmm. and we will be finishing at 2.22 (laughs) (laughs) yeah feels good all lined we should probably mention it's uh Synchronized number numerology. For why, why is there. that? Why is that? Well, it was my lucky number, and then we met, and it was your lucky number. Mm. Con- consciously so. Yeah. I remember as a child walking the streets to school and back, and and just pondering to myself like my my number. What is my number? And twenty two just just fell in to mm. to feel right, and I've carried that. Mm-hmm. It's always. I mean, I was born on the 22nd, but I kind of put that aside and I was like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to let that, you know, deem it, deem it valuable for me. There was so many other reasons and mm. yeah, I had them all like close to my heart and I carried the number for so long. Mm-hmm. And then it was quite funny when, yeah, I found out it was your lucky number. Yeah. And just would appear, you know, all, always, all the time in the funniest situations. 22 would appear collected playing cards as you know while we were traveling uh-huh. i would see i don't know why there was cards upside down on the ground well, but you taught me that <laughs> if there's a card with the face up then just leave it alone well put it in the bin if you know let it pick in but <laughs> the other if it's face down you have to pick it up and you have to keep it well if it's your if it's <laughs> your card <laughs> <laughs> well yeah and, and it was often it was number two no yours was five do you remember you were collecting oh fives. Oh, God, yes, it was. And that's my birthday. And I collected twos. So I had a fear of the number five. <laughs> I did. When I used to play on the PlayStation as a kid, uh, if ever a fifth goal went in, I'd have to score an own goal or get another one because it would just freak me out. It was very, very, mm. very strange. Um, but, yeah, I did collect number fives. I felt like that traveling and, and finding fives was like the facing the fear and it coming mm-hmm. back full circle. Mm-hmm. So... Why was 22 your lucky number? Two was my f- one of my first words, number two. And it just stuck with me. And then it was like, what's more powerful than number two? It would be two twos. <laughs> so it just was like a kid's thing, you know, when you're young. And mm-hmm. so 22 or two twos was really quite, you know, seeing two twos often. And then as as I grew up, and tuned in more 22 appeared everywhere and it appeared when we met it appeared in other people that I'd met while traveling their birthdays landed on the 22nd some of my closest people are 22 birthdays as well uh, the route that I used to cycle when I first went freelance in London was route 22 the date that was up in a, an event space where I was facilitating never changed from 22 20, 22nd of October and so these just little little things. So anyone that's into numerology will know what we're talking about. But that's why we're here today. Yeah, I feel it's more of a feeling. Mm. It has been for me. It's something when a feeling lands, a number lands, and you're like, oh, that feels so right. Like, and, mm-hmm. then you, and then, of course, you, 
you project things out into the world and what you what you, you what you're feeling inside you'll you'll see more of and there's yeah. a bit of that for sure yeah. um but also there's nothing you know that's great mm. why not i remember i was collecting 22s in a in an album on my phone and yeah. it just drew you into situations and then you'd generally make more from that so you'd make the most out of that situation yeah. because 22 was there or there was a reason mm. and it and it and it just brought so much meaning well i've changed the course of my day based on seeing number 22 <laughs> like in the corner of my eye i would follow the road because i saw a massive big 22 on the on the and it and it was yeah it led me to some places and people yeah. and of course 22 22 you know people see 11 11 and it's like you know it means you're aligned when you see that time or in the situation that you're in and when you know seeing 22 22 and for me i love it now because my dad knows it you know friends know it when i get a screenshot of 22 22 and it just makes me feel so lovely mm-hmm. so it's nice it's and just you nice. put that as your background so you screenshot screenshot and then yeah. <laughs> have that as your background for no. your phone no. you've definitely done that <laughs> no, oh yeah so here we are so yeah. um so nina i'd love to delve into all things you and mm. Yeah, paint the. I mean, there would be that. No doubt, will be the majority of people who listen to the podcast who won't know much about yourself. Um, and I wouldn't say we post things about each other that often on social media. So that's not really a thing. So, so this is going to be a, a treat, I think, for a lot of listeners. You know, they they might have have been getting to know me through the podcast, but then who who is my other whole whole. Who is the other whole of me? 200%. <laughs> <laughs> 100 100. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that last night, the other half. And I was like, it's, it's okay. We don't have to say the other. It's fine to say the other half. <laughs> we get what you mean. And I know you don't mean you're, you're just half a person. And no. they complete you. But one thing, actually, to go back to... And this podcast, it's not going to be about how we first met, because that's... Uh, that's a, <laughs> that's a series <laughs> that's a series in itself <laughs> um it's yeah I, I, I would love it to be about who you are and how you've how you've come to sit on this rock today you know and um but yeah when we uh when we did met i remember thinking god she's the one when <laughs> when you said the phrase you kind of finished my sentence, finished my sandwich sentence, and uh, you said the friends quote, "You complete me." I said, "You are, you complete me." And we were like, I don't know, doing something. You go, oh, can you? I said, "Oh, you complete me." And then you said, "Kitchen matey," because <laughs> it's off. It's off a friends episode, uh, and I was like, "God, she's the one." <laughs> really? That You've never told me that before. Not. There no. you go. Exclusives Cheers on the podcast. But we don't, we, the completion thing, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Isn't it? That was going to be the wedding speech. Oh, babe. <laughs> if we get married. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, no, right. It's been a lot of years, guys. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah. But, yeah. but I remember that. And, and, and it is, it's feeding into that, well, you complete me. Well, you don't, you're already complete. Mm. But I this has been the journey to more completion within self. So mm-hmm. we've both been on that journey and that's why I think yeah, it's non-conventional. So we've very much been together and apart in this journey 
and it has been over the period of meeting each other on that path and really connecting and falling in love whilst also trying to fall in love with ourselves mm-hmm. and that requires space and energy and focus and so we have had periods of time apart yes we have for sure and yeah 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 and i think it, that is quite significant to and a testimony to who we are as people what we stand for and the complete negotiation that we're having individually like that inner negotiation of who we are what we're doing creating space for ourselves creating space for the relationship and we are in that negotiation and that has been a constant since we met Mm -hmm. yeah our journeys have very much mirrored each other's wherever i've been at you've been somewhere or are somewhere very similar Mm. whether that's places in the world or internally as well yeah inward and outward adventures Mm. that's what it'll be called the series (laughs) yeah could be so yeah back to you and Mm. who is this curious soul seeker free thinker ladybird (laughs) <laughs> dot connector I'm just reading your card no. <laughs> you've got all <laughs> these kind of labels in a pyramid form of like what do they say it's ladybird curious that's not there's a couple of different ones it's basically a, a joke around all these different titles and labels that we give ourselves and it's like you know navigator a facilitator creator you know content creator yeah not content creator (laughs) um and it is a essentially a bit of a a joke around this the journey that we go on or that we can be focused on a kind of like who are we and what do we do and how do we give that a name but really in our essence we are multiple things Mm -hmm. and then we kind of have to put that into a into a ball that we can throw at people and say, hey, you want to work with me? Cool. Hey, you want to you wanna work together? You want to collaborate? And it's kind of like, these are the things that I do and this is what I stand for and this is who I am. But to get there, you kind of have to go through all of the different, you know, labels. Yeah. I think it's one of the most powerful things you can bring awareness to, that you're not your job title and mm-hmm. you're not a name you give yourself. It sounds so obvious. Yeah. But when you contemplate and sit on it and think, okay, well then, well then, who am I? Yeah. And it, it really opens up a lot, lots of doors. And and then, you know, go, <laughs> go, run, child, and explore. Be curious about the world. Mm. Um, because yeah, we're n- we're not the labels, and we are not these job titles that um, that sometimes we get caught up in the uh, identity of. Yeah, or the role, you know, mother, partner, um, and the jobs, you know, and what those hats are mm-hmm. that you wear and the, the jacket that you wear. And that's the mask and that is the identity. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the, the journey to where, to where I am now and what the things that I do now was completely shedding those clothes, those hats, those... Yeah. yeah, naked, vulnerable, beyond that, beyond the identity 
and what you feel you should be should be doing um, and a and a complete inquiry into where that all stems from you know where do we build our identity where do we where do we choose what path to take who guided us there yeah. what system guided us there what you know there's so many different factors um, and then being able to challenge that but feeling safe to do so because of course I believe that those first ta- the first moments where you start to inquire and become curious about you know the journey inward and self and and work because the, these things come parallel because we have to work in this world um, it can be really, um, yeah, it's very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable to begin with and challenging and scary and vulnerable. And we live in a society where we perceive and believe that we need um, a certain experience or uh, that we have to have, you know, um, yeah, experience in order to go after something that we may be passionate about. And we have, you know, we we have this path that's carved out that we think's carved out in front of us, you know, and we have this perception of where where we're going or where we should go, and then if something changes that course, um, and we want to go in a new direction and pursue something deeper, that can feel so overwhelming because it's the unknown, it's the complete and utter unknown path, and that's the part that I think. When you're called to the unknown path, that's that's the magic, but that is the that's the mystic, and it can make people feel all sorts of different feelings: anxious, mm. depressed, scared, vulnerable, um, disempowered. But then, obviously, empowered, and that's you know what help people do now. Uh huh. I think it's a relationship also with that unknown mm. and, and being in within harmony at, at harmony with that because without something to call myself who am I and it's like or well, then I feel lost or vulnerable because I'm exposed and you know I can't I can't identify with anything when that relationship taking it back to yourself the relationship with the uncertainty with the ever-changing with the with the world that's gone through so many different things different different seasons different different kind of um you know the anthropocene like uh, all uh, so many different climate shifts in the in the globe mm-hmm. like a relationship with something that is so beyond yourself like having being in harmony with that is actually what you can draw it back to mm-hmm. I, d- I see it as as we are living in a world essentially of a lot of control in our lives and and planning a lot of yeah, kind of quite rigid. mapping uh, yeah and we think we know what it is to move in a direction of of so-called you know happiness and um and what you know we we have these perceptions and ideas and really in order to move in a direction of deep connection, contentment, happiness, joy, 
spirit essence like who you really are all those things takes a completely different path it has to take a completely different path and that just shows you a fundamental picture of of perception and idea and thoughts and and what we're you know the stories that we're told are true about life and then the unknown which is really like an it's an open landscape of exploration and that's what self-discovery is it's moving away from that to this but what you're saying about unknown it's the relationship and I've been thinking about this a lot lately the relationship of life and death and you know today is uh, one month after my darling granny passed away as you know and um, on the 22nd of March so again 22 such a symbolic number and granny was a person who truly saw the essence of Nina and all of her grandkids and all the people that she met she saw your essence yeah it's interesting how grandparents can yeah can do that quite well really well yeah mm. and and as an elder and as a woman and as a she was something of oh, you know she just she for me was the it was like this seeing the true Nina all the time always helping me to guide through those discomforts and challenges and we were able to hold her in her passage of death be with her through that process uh, be by her bedside surround her and serenade her in love and um, and I'm so proud of my family and that brought this unbelievable truth to the surface of like this is life life is l life and death and they are one in the same there is nothing more known in our lives than death itself that is the one complete truth and yet it is there is this mystical magical unknown about it and that is the relationship with the unknown we don't know anything else that's going to be filled in our lives we don't know what we're going to choose to fill that life with but we do know one day we will die and we have a funny relationship with that well we we're aware of it aren't we yeah but it's almost like we fight against that awareness because we want to we want to Sometimes, I mean, sometimes. Well, I, I think it's a wrestle between the primal side of us mm. that has these desires that pull us in these directions. Mm. Yeah. Sex, food, real primal instincts. Pleasure. Pleasure, yeah. Comfort, tribal, mm. tribal essence. Um, a survival, prime, primal sense of survival what i need to do today to survive uh, and that is you know all of the above being accepted you know um, and just conforming conforming mm. is a, is a mode of survival totally. it's so primal within us and we have talked about it last night like we have so much 
guiding us that we're kind of we're still so unaware of even that we can kind of even bring our consciousness to that it's just undeniable um but to come back to what you're saying it's that wrestle between this primal aspect of ourselves, but yet the awareness of this kind of higher state of being mm -hmm. of consciousness so we're so aware of that so that there's almost like a wrestle between those primal instincts but then there's this awareness that we can that we can do good we can be intentional with our actions we can we can think which is a blessing and a curse and it's a wrestle between those things which is where the kind of the un the unhelpfulness comes from in terms of death mm. because it's like well yes we're aware of it we know it's going to happen but we cannot fathom mm -hmm. not being here mm. well we could maybe can you well yeah, that's bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> you, can't, you can't. There's no way because you have no experience of it. Mm. We can only relate from experience or, mm -hmm. well, this amazing awareness that we have. Mm. Um, but it's you, you can't. You can't contemplate never existing again. Mm. And what that really means, it's almost like you cannot, you cannot feel into that. So it's, 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 it's not like, it's a very challenging conversation <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it's, it, there's so many, um, there's so many kind of unknowns about it. Um, which is which is the point, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's the relationship that we that we struggle with because of our attachments and desires, as you were saying, you know. So we and the survival. It's such an interesting way of looking at it because. We, if we're in survival mode and we want to survive day by day on simple form and we look at the things that we need to survive and what do we, and those things that we need to survive you know if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs you know on the basic level you know food shelter water and then as you go up you know those things evolve and and we need things you know like um psychological safety and um, you know we need connection and we need um, some form of esteem like a self-esteem self-awareness mm -hmm. and then of course you move up towards self-actualization where you're in flow with yourself and your purpose or whatever purpose means I mean these things are kind of conceptual terms but for some people you know that are on that journey towards you know self-actualizing um, when we're sh you have to shift from survival mode you have to move through the pyramid if you see where it's a pyramid you might not I don't I see it as a circle obviously I see it as kind of like this more cyclical process where we are constantly going through these kind of circular yeah. cycles and circles in motion and shifting between the known and the unknown and shifting between li life and death beginnings and endings these cycles like yeah. closing and openings um, parts of the self part of the identity things that we have to let go control and surrender mm. and they are one in the same just like you know just like back to you know some of the words that I said at granny's funeral you know we when we're born we inhale and when we die the first thing we do is we inhale and when we die the last thing that we do is exhale and the breath is life and the breath is one in the same cycle mm -hmm. and the part in between 
you know, the space in between, like the, the wholeness, you know, imagine that sort of cycle, the inhale and the exhale. And that bit in between is what we choose. We actually get to choose how we fill that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on that, it's cyclical because it's not really a pyramid. It will become full circle because as it so happens, when you reach old age, mm. it's, it's, the experience is quite similar to that of a child. Mm-hmm. It is. And we need to be aware of that because that is coming back full circle to, to mm-hmm. our primal survival we mm-hmm. need you know when we you might die suddenly but if you become ill mm-hmm. then you will go you know self-actualization will not be a thing you will want food and water and yeah. you want basics your breath back mm-hmm. or yeah or you know in those last moments with granny she was as vulnerable and as fragile as a child and needed to be taken care of and it was the it was in those moments that she had to herself surrender mm-hmm. to be in our in our in our care as her, such a woman who was caring for her family her whole life and um that was a massive lesson in that process as well that realization um mm-hmm. i think one of the things at a funeral that's really stuck with me (laughs) and I can't I don't want to shake it almost because it's a real perspective shifter but it's so obvious and we know it so this won't be news to anyone but when we die and when people talk about our legacy and our at our funeral they will be talking about our essence Mm. that's a word it's our essence what we what we stood for, what our values were, mm-hmm. what we did with those values, how we conducted ourselves, how we related with people. And that essence of yourself is the, is the only thing people remember. They won't remember your possessions. They won't remember how much money you had in the bank or how, you know, how many employees you had. Yeah. That's not yeah. a thing. They will remember your essence and how you spoke to people and how you wanted to be speak, spoken to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think on that you know fundamentally i believe the path of self-inquiry self-discovery self-leadership whatever you want to call it that path is to embody the essence of your truest nature to fill yourself inside with that essence to live from it and in order to do that it is about strengthening the relationship with that knowing of what the essence is, but the discovery of that essence. And that for me is that kind of core, is the, is the core, you know. Of the, so of what the is the work. true self? Because we, I mean, it's one thing that I grasp and grasp with, grasp with, I battle with, grapple with. I was going to say. That's the one. You can say. <laughs> you can finish my sentences. Um, so one thing I'll be grappling with because it's like how do I really know it's again it's like call it intuition what, what's coming from that place of mm. true-ness mm-hmm. like your true self mm. so what for you is your true self and how do we form a better relationship with it mm. well like we were talking earlier about the, the 22 okay so I just think there is a internal 
Let's call it a map. Compass, I was going to say. Compass? Right, okay. Good one. Let's go with the compass. And there is an internal compass and an infinite map. And energetically, we can feel, but this is also about building a relationship with feeling. And this is something that we are also slightly removed from, is feeling within ourselves. Because if we're disconnected from feeling, it means that we have built a relationship with control, with avoidance, with distraction. And if we've built a relationship with those things, then we are disconnected from feeling. Because for some people, and for me, and part of my journey, feeling was scary was too much was overwhelming was um and we when we get afraid to go there and so the first part of the finding the inner compass um is to feel and it is often to feel the uncomfortable relationship that we have with ourselves and that first step to feel some of the uncomfortable maybe sad maybe pain maybe shame guilt blame all those different uncomfortable emotions to feel them that's the first step to feel the inner compass and to navigate the infinite terrain towards truth because the truth might be that we're carrying something uncomfortable and the first place to look with that compass is there but at the same time the is to find the knowing and the belief that through the discomfort becomes comfort, becomes joy, acceptance, right, exactly. Acceptance, awareness, healing, overcoming. Empowering. uh, uh, Empowering, absolutely. And that inner compass, that resonance, no, so, you know, building a relationship of honesty on true a true relationship with yourself like looking yourself in the eyes in the mirror and saying to yourself do I know you do I love you do I care about you yeah and if you can't be honest with that then start there's some work to do yeah. right because that is surely is your base point of being honest mm. that, that, that do, do, do I like myself do I like what I see do I and like it, this yeah. is and this isn't it's not it's it's purely not physical it's completely like can I say that can I say mm. do I like myself and if that makes me feel uncomfortable okay the why then why totally and what you know one of the biggest questions that I began to ask was, you know, why am I the way I am? Or, because again, it's been a process of shedding and and letting go and changing completely. Why was I the way I was? So, in you know, in the present moment, why am I the way I am? And that's the curiosity piece. You know, the piece that says, not why me but why just why just you know not from that place of victim or stuckness 
Because we all can feel those feelings of being yeah, stuck. Yeah, well, that's where it becomes kind of squirrely. Because. <laughs> squirrely. Because it's like, well, yeah, I feel uncomfortable because of this, or because of that, or because of them, or because of him, because mm, of her. Mm. And then it gets kind of, you know, kind of an even ground where you're like, how do I reach a point of knowing that truth mm -hmm. when the concentration is on what's going on outside, what's going on out mm -hmm. there, what's going on around, and that's your main focus. When, for me, and jump in here if you feel like I'm going off on a, on a different no. wavelength, but for me it's, it's why is that situation, why is this person made me feel this way? Mm. What's, what's, are, they, are they speaking truth about me or are they not? Mm -hmm. And if they're not, then can I have confidence in me? Mm. and what I believe in mm -hmm. if not and there is some truth there then have I the awareness to accept that and change that but be honest and true with that and so my, well, my true self that wasn't in alignment with so I want to get back to my true self mm. so it's all about that feeling of of what makes you uncomfortable essentially in your in your own person well fundamentally which is which is why these things are a practice it's like the inner true self is non-fluctuating it's non-wavering it just is okay so now we're getting to the the, the core to the really. essence and that's the essence it's essentially so what is what is it then I really want to <laughs> grasp it well because it's, it's, it's hard for people like yeah, they have this conversation around well what's my intuition telling me over mm -hmm. my desires my mm -hmm. primal instincts telling me to you know do this do that it's, it's that sure or what's my what's the what's what is the difference well fun f fundamentally i think we also have to establish a relationship with our ego sure and we have to know what our ego is trying to keep us safe from why our ego is there what uh, what it's you know what it's trying to control and what it's trying to protect us from and ultimately when we establish the relationship with the ego that is when we know when we are conducting our day-to-day -day, whether we're in alignment with our integrity of our true self and our and our essence but there's something that I will come back to on that because there's a more kind of existential existential version of the self obviously and then there is here in this in this physical form how we live our lives day to day um, from that essence but first of all we have to establish the relationship with the ego and that is so challenging to begin with because it's so confronting and you know even just understanding why that ego is there and that, that, that it might be driving some of our behavior, some of our thoughts, our intentions, the ways in which we want to take action, um, how, how we perceive life comes through the, the lens of the ego. But once you start to work with that and do the work around the ego, then you can see 
when you're the actions and the choices that you're making the conversations that you're having the you know that's when you can see where that's coming from and and it is about it is really about creating an internal dialogue with that negotiating with that the duality you know we're always in this flux this dance with you know with with that and the more that you move in the direction of truth seeking and self-inquiry the more you move in that direction um the negotiations change and the dance changes you know one of the dances might be between you know what your parents wanted of you your career your life choices and then what you actually want that's one dance you know it's like okay well i'm going to negotiate this but and it feels like you know there might be tension there or it's hard to to pull away and detach and carve your own path your own choices um and then another you know another thing is the duality within ourselves of you know hey i i'm i'm living in this materialistic world and i want certain things but hey i'm also trying to practice you know being disconnected and detached and non-materialistic and and it's kind of like you know who am i in that as well you know mm. when you start walking down a more spiritual path and you know you're shifting your the your sort of um yeah anyway and then so what so that journey with the true self um is a is a constant negotiation but the relationship with the ego is the first i would say one of the first um but it's not n- not always that obvious and often people are coming into the recognition of the ego through through a bit of a crisis an existential crisis uh you know or a midlife crisis or a quarter life crisis or a mental health struggle or a burnout at work yeah well um, we often don't change things until we yeah. we have to or you know or an illness or a death or something that's that yeah. happens that catapults life and the identity as we know it mm. and kind of cracks us open and that is what we're talking about you know this week about the call you are either answering the call of the soul of the essence of who you are you're either answering it then when this thing happens in your life that shakes you changes something you either answer it or you don't yeah and you let that thing define you and you let that thing ident you know kind of rule you know the the sort of lifeline Mm -hmm. that you have and and that is when you answer the call and it comes from within you know it's it's the it's a so it's Carl Jungian philosophy called this uh, the daemon, mm. which is your it, yeah you could call it your essence, but it's your your subconscious talking to you. Yep. Okay. And you called yours Desmond. No, <laughs> that was right? Desmond was um, the demons. Well, it c- it can be it can show up. As yeah, a sure. I guess th- 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 that was more your shadow, I guess. Yes. But De- Desmond was because autocorrect changed demons in my phone to Desmond, and then I thought that's quite nice. I'm yeah, gonna I'm trying to talk to you. Befriend uh, my my Desmond. Means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so th- so Carl Jung talked about this 
this notion of the daemon mm-hmm. and that it is your subconscious always always guiding you mm-hmm. and whether you listen to it or not is is your own right path if you don't things tend to get worse mm-hmm. but there is always you know we called it as, as children it was like oh and Anne would would say um you know what's your what does your heart want yeah you know or or something similar and it's Just it's this thing that you really know is or you're you're afraid to to act from but mm. you kind of have this knowing this intuition mm. and it is this thing that's trying to guide you all the time but because of these surface level mm-hmm. that we've we've talked about of the surface level mind chatter mm-hmm. because of that we are so out of touch and out of tune with it mm-hmm. totally yeah but but it's absolutely and so it, it genuinely only happens when you have a call within to look within that is the only time that that people can overcome and I'm going to say it in a broad sense, but the uh, the addiction to life of of on that level, you know, the addictions or the self sabotage or the ba- bad habits or the repetitive behaviour that's yeah. causing us repetitive disconnection. Repetitive behaviour that you don't really want. Yeah, sure, and what and that comes in so many different forms, and um, you know, when it comes not just it comes in all levels of la- life. You know, and it comes, it's worldwide. It's, it's not, you know, it is a worldwide thing. So this doesn't discriminate, doesn't matter how wealthy you are, doesn't matter where you were born. It's, it's, you know, I've met people around the world during travels from all different countries who have answered the call within, come back to the same essence they're coming back to the same place within and they're facing parts of themselves and their society structures and the things that they've been told and taught it's the same same questions facing and negotiating the same battles within and we are here fundamentally to collectively journey with that we are ultimately Mm -hmm. and and it's you know that's what I was talking about earlier the essence that essence is universal and it is you know what we call what can be packaged up as collective consciousness or you know it's something beyond this body beyond the ethnicities that we're born into beyond the skin color beyond the sexual orientation beyond those things the labels is something so much deeper and beyond that we that we can all relate to should we go there should we take that call should we sit in that space mm-hmm. and and when we come into connection with that um it is it assists us in the day-to-day living of our lives Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I think the archetypes are so powerful because mm. it's this it's this archetype that everyone can s- on some level relate to mm-hmm. it's 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 uh, all over the world mm-hmm. you know every human mm-hmm. can experience 
the king, the queen, or the kingdom, and and your environment. Yeah, uh, and the home within. The, the home, home within. within. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. And and when you meet people, also on this path, you know the the resonance is like you 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 hear one another and you get it. It's like a a universal nod. There's no language. It's just like, yeah, I see you. I I feel you. And um, yeah. So what are some of the ways that, or practices, because I always bring it back to the body-mind connection, mm -hmm. whether that's, you know, and they are one thing. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not two separate things. We have to keep reminding ourselves that. And I just want to stop for a second and acknowledge mm. these two trying to find a way down the rocks and uh, I'd like to see them scramble their way down but I don't think it's going to happen no <laughs> they're going to go choose the path <laughs> oh, I love it so as I was saying mm. what was I saying <laughs> don't ask me to no. bring us back somewhere it's kind of immediately like as I was saying gives you more time to think um, so you were talking about the body mind. Yeah, the body mind connection, and and it's one thing. Mm. So bring mm. a bit of stillness and a bit of silence, mm -hmm. because that is conducive with the natural world. And there will be noise, and there will be chaos, mm -hmm. but then there will be order, mm -hmm. and we need to develop that, you know, mm. s that relation between the two and understanding of what it is. So bringing mm. stillness to the mind can really then only tune in to what the body is telling you mm. and not distracting mm. and that's why i feel we've got ourselves into such a such a mess because of these distractions and this this noise and this never-ending perpetual progress mm. which just isn't sustainable <laughs> but to tune it back into the question the body mind how how does this come up in, in your daily life what practices do you tune into to bring about this connection to your true self mm -hmm. are there any practices yeah i mean i know <laughs> <laughs> as you mentioned stillness for me that comes in in practicing silence and that was very 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 hard for me a few years ago um and i think it's hard for a lot of people people think i'm crazy when i tell them that i have done you know a day's silence on my own at home turn all technology off um and they kind of go oh i couldn't do that couldn't do that couldn't be couldn't be silent couldn't be out on my phone all day fundamentally it's been a process so um but it has been one of the most liberating processes because in that stillness and in that silence, tuning in to an internal energy and uh, the creativity that we all have within us um, and the relationship that we have with ourselves. And obviously sometimes in the stillness and the silence there is a discomfort, there is parts of ourselves that we have to face. And so that has been a, a sort of one practice that I've developed comfort in. Uh, it's gone from uncomfortable into comfortable over the years. Journaling is a massive one and a lot of work that I do when I'm working one-to-one -one with people 
is to establish that dialogue with oneself through journaling, through writing, through um, recognizing those thought patterns, the words that we're saying to ourselves. And I've been journaling since I was a kid. And um, my diary used to have a name when I was a kid. Um, That's normal. Yeah, I think it is. is. Absolutely. But um, mine was called Diary. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Dear Diary. Oh, right. (laughs) You didn't keep a diary when you were a kid. I did. Six pages. (laughs) I've still got them. Amazing. Well, I think, um, I definitely think the, the reason that I started writing was because we had to do it at school and then I just kept it up. And I loved the having that space that was intimate and private for me to write down my thoughts and feelings. And fundamentally, I was an extremely sensitive, intuitive, curious kid, but that didn't feel like the norm. Sensitivity didn't feel like the norm. Being sensitive didn't. Felt like it was a weakness. So having a space and a place that felt safe to write down everything that you were experiencing um, was amazing and I think it's still it's still so powerful um, and uh, so yeah journaling obviously meditating is uh, uh, just on that how can someone oh yeah. journal how can someone if go about journaling starting if they just look at a page and they just <gasps> that nothing's coming out mm-hmm. how can someone develop it start by writing that I feel awkward writing I feel exactly what you feel this is the relationship with feeling might we have to connect to feeling is is the piece that we have to feel if okay if it's feeling awkward right that it's feeling awkward start with exactly what's coming up exactly what's coming through and just just put that down because it's in that you know if i'm feeling really the weird ob- the obstacle is the way well yeah i'm feeling weird writing this down or or the other thing that I think is a brilliant hack to get anybody out of a state or um, into the presence, into present moment, is to use the senses and to talk through each of the senses. You can, you know, use your hand. Um, you know, what what can I feel, touch? You know, you can do it in the physical sense or the metaphysical sense. Uh, what can I smell? What can I taste? Uh, what can I hear? And what can I smell? Did I say smell? You said smell. Which is, what's see. the fifth one? See. What can I see? Absolutely. What can I see? Um, and, and talking through those senses, it's such a powerful hack. And even if you don't have a, a journal, um, just taking five minutes to go through those five senses in any moment when we're stuck mm. renumerating on the past or overwhelmed thinking about the future that is also a brilliant way to come back into the present moment of what is and essentially that's again establishing a relationship with feeling yeah yeah and developing and as I said developing working on that mm-hmm. so that's bringing it into your yeah. conscience and that was that was uh, that is and was a um, method and practice that I used um, and every time that I've used it I can 
significant very clearly remember where I was in the different moments because you are brought back straight into the present moment and so because of that I can totally reconnect back to that memory in that moment and that is fundamentally what I also believe in is that when we're strengthening that relationship with mm. our truth and our essence and the present moment um, we we're tuning in and we're remembering yeah we are remembering um, you are damn it forgot the word I was going to use um, we are practicing no we're, we're developing I've said that too much what was the word I was going to use <laughs> um, we are strengthening that muscle mm. that's what I was going to say it's not that profound um, <laughs> strengthening that muscle yeah. we are, we're strengthening that muscle just like when I get in the sea mm -hmm. I'm strengthening the muscle that makes me just tune right into my body and feel it in every cell mm. and I'm strengthening that muscle mm -hmm. to, to know what that feels like to know how my body feels and how my body reacts to things rather totally. than sometimes being numb when I'm sat at the computer and I'm not feeling anything but kind of what I'm thinking about mm -hmm. so you're, you're, we're always strengthening these muscles and if we use it it's gonna it's gonna absolutely it's gonna and strengthen. that's the practice part you mm. know it is a practice and it takes time and it takes patience and it takes process and that and that is again back to the circle the cyclical nature of things and there is no destination or end all it is is strengthening it is a practice mm -hmm. growing you could say absolutely growth and uh, fundamentally um you know it's it can feel at times you know hard work a lot it's it it is it is working out it's working out the spirit it's working out the it's working out the the mind re reconditioning the mind reprogramming the mind um strengthening the relationship to the intuition strengthening the relationship to the heart um and then being and living more from that place yes so that's you know that's what what the practice piece is yeah. and so any practices and tools that are going to help move towards that yeah are are you know are the things to embed into your into the lifestyle yeah and what's coming for me is that the essence of non-reaction <laughs> because if we're constantly reacting to to stimulus or to certain things Mm -hmm. you're not giving yourself self chance to process mm -hmm. or, or come from okay how does this feel and then and then I perhaps I'll respond with a uh, with something which is coming from my truth rather than just a reaction based on you know where my head's at or yeah, how I'm feeling today or it's also obviously building the relationship with what is and I think that also comes with acceptance and so non-reacting to things, yes. Because again, it's around developing a relationship with having more conscious choices. So, and, and, and again, more relationship with, with, with being able to 
recognize, you know, if we are reacting to a stimulus or a distraction, why? Don't judge yourself for it. Don't beat yourself up for it. Just recognize. Why have I done that? Mm-hmm. Why in that uncomfortable, after that uncomfortable, you know, conflict or argument, have I gone straight to my phone and uh, t- try to distract myself? Or can I create a bit of space and sit in the discomfort and come back yeah. to to myself? What are my crutches? What are my crutches? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we would not be human if w- anybody could, you know, there is no, there like, perfect on paper. There's just no such thing of like, you know, no human having a, a relationship. I'm not sure why it's a word. It probably isn't in a lot of cultures. What? Perfect. Perfect. Like, mm. why, why is it a word if it's not actually true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Mm. In our culture, it's a word. Oh, that's perfect. Mm. Well, n- yeah. Not in my mind. And I don't think <laughs> that that's the truth. Well, I think it's more so um, it shows a... Or you can strive for something. This. Yeah. But, but it's all subjective, really, isn't it? Of uh, course, things are subjective and ultimately we have an idea of what would make something or ourselves perfect based on the stimulus and the um, perception that we have of what that is and so because of that and it's often you know it's often something that you know, seeking and craving from within to to be a certain way or look a certain way. You know, one a massive part of my own journey and so many and um, a lot of women. It's a is a is an image orientated issue. You know, body body image. Um, you know the way that we the way that you look, at what it is to be beautiful what it is to be, um, you know, what it is to be attractive, sexy, feminine. Or how have you grappled with this? How have I grappled with mm, it? And how have you, you know, worked with it? And, and Well, for some of you who don't know me, I, my career started out on a path of, of working in the fashion industry. For me, image was so part of, how I I cared a lot about how I looked but not in a kind of um, not in a kind of what's the word I'm looking for finish my sentence babe crippling (laughs) it never crippled you it never held you back didn't hold me back I was always very into fashion as a kid I was very into styling and and dressing myself mum and dad let me dress myself it was a very playful fun thing to do I was very into fashion and so you know through school when I was able to wear you know non-uniform or or express myself I would express myself through fashion yeah but But that didn't stop you caring so much about what people thought or how you looked Sure. Like some people, it can lock them in a room, but yeah. but other people, they just sometimes it's the ca- it's the counter that mm-hmm. they care so much that they end up feeling and showing. Oh, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I'm out there. I'm loud. I'm proud. When really inside, it's 
quite the opposite. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So for me, from a very young age, age nine, I had child acne. And that made me extremely aware of this, un, you know, this awful looking, in my eyes, this not very nice looking skin that I was in. And that's how, I, you know, and it, I was so young, you know, you're so young. And so from that young age, developed a perception, a very heightened awareness of how I used to stand in a circle of friends. Yeah, lighting. Lighting, you know, is the light shining on my face? As I got a little bit more older, you know, wearing thick makeup at school so that so that you couldn't see, yeah. you know, the, the spots. And, and ultimately, um, you know, that established quite a heightened inner dialogue, subconscious relationship with image, with the way that I looked. and And... In order to mask that, I developed a very um, light-hearted, confident, external personality. Well, of course, personality is another thing, but I, you know, I was really like, you know, I'm going to mask the fact that I'm feeling insecure about about my skin by being super like loud and and you know. Coping mechanisms. Absolutely, that was a total coping mechanism. And what that also ends up doing is we, you know, it's the mask that we wear on the outside and it's very different to what's going on on the inside. And we develop that over time. And so, you know, so many other, you know, parts of, of life, we develop these coping mechanisms. Um, and as we grow up, um, we are more fixated on the external and on the perception rather than what's going on on the inside. So we develop an a relationship with external confidence, um, the way that we are perceived, but actually what is going on on the inside is very, very different. So that was the first time when I came into, mm -hmm. into contact with what image was. And, and I mean, the fashion side of things as well, you know, that was, you know, I was really, kind of a bit obsessed with you know what I was wearing all the time so how did you overcome this obviously because it's, it's not present now no so I mean I love my you know I love this is the thing I feel you, it's not the same now because you know I've developed a really true fun playful relationship with with my you know with clothes that I wear and for me it's you know it's another part of how you express your true self mm -hmm. but I don't look at you know what's on in the shops and what's on you know what's magazines in magazines yeah, what's, what's in trend new now, what's, what's new yeah, yeah totally it's like what comes from within it's intuitive because that also can be uh, uh, how you're feeling is a response to the things you're being exposed to billboards Absolutely. magazines page three like what is it to be perfect of course ever, yeah. ev everyone kind of gets the gets the understanding of that yeah and, ch and just you know tuning and in what, what certainly what helped you mm. I in this so in this struggle and battle between what caring what people think essentially well yeah is it caring what i don't know if it really was and i fundamentally i think it was the control it's a control piece as well for me, one of the biggest things that I always remember was when we were traveling and living in Cambodia and had just 
the backpack that you're carrying with a specific you know wardrobe I guess and you're totally stripped back no makeup no um, you know no variety and I remember having a grapple with that when we were living um, at the school and there was a moment because you know you're free in so many other ways but there's a moment and that's in the negotiation again of like old self versus new self shedding those layers and old self is like you know don't you want to get back to and again it's like that kind of ego voice of like don't you want to get back to kind of you know city life showering twice a day shower, yeah like those <laughs> those comforts and, those, and they're the comforts right yeah and we're showering with a saucepan in a in a massive pool outside you know doing our washing in at in the same time at the, uh, what <laughs> yeah at the same time you wash doing your clothes when you clothes. wash yourself <laughs> yeah yeah and of course makes sense you're having these raw life experiences where you're shedding the perception of the day-to-day things that you're used to and you're like well i feel so alive over here and liberated but there's still this pullback there's still this pullback and so that was when I was really like, let it go. Yeah. Let it go. And so I really, you know, let it go. And I, you know, you know, I had bleach blonde, white hair for so many years that I spent hundreds of pounds going to the hairdressers. And I don't judge anyone for dyeing their hair or expressing themselves through their hair. But if you're doing it to fill an internal void of a relationship with yourself of how you don't feel enough or or beautiful without it Mm. um that comes you know the building your relationship with yourself first then everything else is an is an is an additional but when we are doing things from the outside adding things to ourselves because it's coming from an emptier space inside or a void or a, a relationship that isn't healthy and and, um, and enriched from within then it's yeah then it's then it's it's never gonna be enough be enough it's be never en- gonna yeah. be enough and fundamentally I would go to the hairdressers and I'd cry every single time because they haven't got it right because they hadn't got it right exactly that perfectionism it's not quite it's not right it's not exactly the right because you're striving shade. for something that's firstly back to what you said you, it's not going to fill the void mm-hmm. Because nothing can unless mm. you develop that relationship and an acceptance yeah, of sure. yourself being good enough. Enough, right. And being enough. You know, then then the journey from that those moments in Cambodia, which is like eight years ago now, mm. it was like grow the blonde out, you know, grow it out, get back to your natural self. It's, you know, know who your natural self is. Um experience yourself as your natural self and then can we talk about body hair yeah great mm-hmm. so enter the the, the allowing was, yeah of you but you got more hair on your legs than me i do and i absolutely love that <laughs> well that started as um basically again our society's view of women and and body hair and you know our our relationship with with our own body hair <laughs> it just blows my mind and maybe that's because of have a a constant relationship with 
who we are on an animal level. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, a lot of people don't think they're animals, and and and, and they, you know, would 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 scoff at other women with body hair. Oh, I mean, I've been scoffed at. Exactly, <laughs> scoffing all, all, all. But that's all, back to the whole week. caring what people think, right? So yeah. So, but it's that. And the point I was trying to make is, it blows my mind because, what is unnatural is is almost, you know put on a platform it's like woo yeah lovely well celebrating yeah it's a but it's like what is so much more healthy is letting yourself be mm-hmm. letting your body do what it it needs to do yeah and and growing your hair is a part of that yes and this is and i'm not going to get into weird territory of like shaming anyone who's no. not growing their body hair because of course it's no absolutely it's and it does and it can make you know for me when i when i wax when I have my like wax ritual and all the hair comes off yeah, I feel uh, you know it's like but it, it's because I could turn it into more of a ritual now whereas yeah, before t- it was you like you bring in cleanliness is that as well of course. With that? and that's and that's good um, absolutely and you know there's so many factors and I you know if you've been bullied if people you know if you've been bullied before for something um that again is is a is a deep wound yeah it's true it's traumatic and it is and you know that's back to the to the acne because i was such a lovely friendly bubbly um likable young kit girl um i wasn't there was a couple of incidents growing up where i was called names but if you have been bullied that is something that is re- you know fundamentally a core wound in the relationship with yourself so a lot of people that have faced that sort of you know and there's all sorts of different levels of trauma and and personal experiences that can really lead to the challenging aspects of ourselves that we are experiencing you know if you've had a parent say something to you or a friend at school or a teacher you know, so the body hair thing, because it is deemed by society is a certain, you know, way for women. It's something that most women, and I did, on autopilot, didn't even think about it. Didn't yeah. even question why I was just shaving every single day. And and that was an old, you know, it feels it feels such an old thing now to me. But it was only because, you know, moving through this terrain of kind of getting back to more of the natural self, self-love, body love, you know, um, loving the skin that I'm in, not thinking about these things anymore. Um, I was at a um, sober rave, Morning Gloryville in London. Someone's dancing on the stage with their arms in the air, amazing full armpit hair, but a voice inside me, a woman, a woman, said, oh, that's gross. Yeah. But then immediately said, whoa, what is that voice? Who is that voice? Who am I judging here? 
I checked in big time. And so I grew my armpit hair and started growing it from then on. From that moment, it was literally like the, the voice of judgment that we have within generally doesn't come from ourselves. But if we are judging, we will judge ourselves and we will not be free to do any of the things that we want to do. The voice of judgment will always hold us back because we will judge ourselves over over things. And that for me was a little, you know, it was a little moment that needed to happen. And it was like, I'm gonna overcome this by growing my own armpit hair. And it started with armpit hair. And then, you know, it turned into just all over letting all all the body hair grow out and just like experimenting yes being sober mm-hmm. it's 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 on that trajectory isn't it it's it's experimenting with sure pushing the envelope expressing yourself and seeing what conversations come your way and right. and who gets triggered by it and and then also who doesn't and who comes to you and it's curious oh wow like that's yeah. amazing and yeah, like right. what 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 conversations come from that and what it's just observing the whole process right so this is the thing so when you begin strengthening the muscle of self-awareness let's say let's call it that and self and integrity and truth and natural essence and letting yourself be and loving yourself wholly um you become the observer and you begin to observe more of life and you're recognizing these elements and you also become the scientist and this is a practice okay so we come back to the question around practice what what are your practices and tools becoming the scientist and creating experiments that you can tangibly play with and move around you know the um what are we calling them the dice not the (laughs) dice (laughs) the um the the variables Uh moving around the variables so that you can check in with well the goal is to not have a judgmental voice within for for any you know for what women should you know for for around body hair or you know that's the the goal so what do I need to do to get there and how can I experiment with that and leaning into that and then checking in with it so like oh I'm going to that event and um, it was a it was a it was a Hindu actually with a load of people that I also didn't know loads of girls that I didn't know and uh, and yeah it's like okay I'm gonna be in a sort of situation where I could be judged or there could be pe- there, there could be they could be saying stuff about me and I want to not care so I'm going to recognize that there's a part of me that feels uncomfortable and it's actually the nervous system and the nervous system is saying whoa this isn't safe mm. and it's saying you might be judged and do you want to be liked and you want to be you know you want to be um accepted and then there's another part that comes in and says hey this is an experiment 
and it's okay to recognize how it feels, how it feels in your body, and to um, lean into this experiment and see what comes of it, not what you think is going to come, not how you think it's going to pan out. And it opened the door for some of the most amazing conversations. You know, the, the very question, why do we wax every, or what or shave or who are we doing it for listen about it or controlled or or what who are we doing it for and you know do you even know what your body looks like with loads of hair do do you you know and it's (laughs) it was really quite it was quite funny because one of my best mates you know i was like she knew i was doing this experiment and she said to me you know i was like oh i forgot that top that i was going to wear for my outfit on the first night that was a you know we were dressing up in a certain um, it was Spanish attire and I'd forgotten the top that I was going to wear which had like little clapped sleeves and I thought it's probably going to be you know less straight in your face on the first night with these all these amazing chicas and uh, and she said to me Nina that's the whole point of the experiment <laughs> and she was like the little voice in my head and I was like okay okay that is the whole point of the experiment and then from then on there's been so many other experiments and the that is when you become the kind of scientist and you lean into these spaces of like okay i've got a relationship with my phone or technology i'm going to go you know smartphone free Mm. for this period of time I'm going to experiment with how that feels. I'm going to go social media free. I'm going to see how that feels. I'm going to go sober and see how that feels. I'm and yeah, stop eating meat for a while I'm and see stop how that feels. Eating. See what people say. See what interactions I have. Totally. And then, and also in doing that, it's recognizing how you feel without those things. Yeah. And then making more conscious choices, and then you also start to eliminate the other of caring how the other sees you and becoming more confident in how you just are in the ever-changing beings that we are the ever-growing the Mm ever-changing the beginnings and endings Mm -hmm. the life and death I think as a man it's also on us to provide some sort of container where that can happen for our partners also mm. which is another insight interesting. because it is it is really i mean if you're to use the word we said earlier scoffing or or immediately like going to the place of uh like why why would you do that to mm. the person surely if you if you love this person you're gonna want the want what they want for themselves I know, but men also have a. I mean, it was my it was my what dad, and I'm not yeah. gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna call out my amazing did. dad. Love my dad, <laughs> love him. Um, but it was very funny because it is funny. I mean, what did he say? He called me. I'm, I don't know if I should. No, say. don't say that. He called me it's a gypsy. Even worse that he, he didn't called me say. A gypsy. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. If you don't say it, it'll be even worse. He called me and he sort of, I sort of, it was funny because we were just in the dining room, we were just chattering away and then I leant back (laughs) and put my like hands up like this or something and he just went, oh my, you know, it was immediate shock, immediate like, what are you doing, you know, not from a like place of, but it was, it was from that place of like, you know, 
women don't do that. You, what are you, a gypsy? You know, and I was like, <laughs> and I sort of it laughed. It was shock, wasn't it? It, it was, was shock. And, uh, and obviously because it was out of his perceived character of me. Uh-huh. Because, you know, of, of who I am. And so you, you are also testing the boundary, well, the kind of the, the edge, the membrane. Mm-hmm. You're testing the membrane of, you know, how people... How the perception that you've given off for a lot of your life and that you've created the mask that we live in, you've created the mask, the external, and you're testing that through your changing and being more authentic to yourself and you're testing the way that people see you and the way in which you know that you're going to change and the way in which you know you're being more authentic but that's going to make other people maybe feel uncomfortable or eh? Mm-hmm. what are you doing that for or you're not you're not drinking any mornings you know you're not you you're not drinking tonight yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is you've disrupted you know? their world of what they yes. are safe within totally and so what you're actually you know and with dad it was like what you know are you what are you some kind of gypsy now <laughs> and uh, and i was like see this is exactly why i'm doing this experiment mm. you know see dad do you do you not think it's you know um, feminine or you know talk to me about it and uh, and I think it really you know it challenged his perception at the same time and now you know now he just like he loves me for being the the woman that I am and and pushing these boundaries but to begin with it was like you know why do you always want to um, challenge and test and and, and and seeing that in a more negative light and now it is fundamentally understood because they see my nature come they see my nature within that because that's also comes from building a confidence in that and shining from that and finding joy in that um, whereas if you come from a place of you know oh I'm, I'm I'm worried or fearful of how they're going to perceive me then that then that energy is given off and then they're kind of like well I'm I'm worried about you or I'm concerned um but what was the point that we were just talking about because I just wanted to touch on something that you just said maybe it'll come to you I, I want to mention like something similar and it's it's not the same but what I can relate to kind of the language that you're using is when I had a um an, an accepted part of myself as a child which was my chest because mm-hmm. I've got a it's called a concave chest or mm-hmm. a I'm sorry there's a, a name for it that I always forget but um, I remember I'd have you know you had swimming lessons at school or you'd go on holiday and I'd always remember being really self-conscious of mm-hmm. my chest mm-hmm. de- deformity whatever you want to call it not not normal and I'd yeah exactly um, and and I'd always cross my arms at the swimming baths and try and like, you know, hmm, I'd be in this position. Because Chris thinks a lot. No, no, he's just uh, hiding his chest. <laughs> and I'm like stroking my chin on my hand. Yeah. And it, and it was like, I just didn't like the way. It's not that I, I cared. When I'm on my own, I'm not running around like not accepting myself. Mm-hmm. But it was what Others. I didn't like other people being awkward around it. Mm. Like if they were just... Because it was the eyes. I'd catch people's mm-hmm. eyes, like, giving it a second take. Or them not having the... And this 
can can kind of be perhaps advice for for people who mm. are curious about something they don't know why it's there but if you just ask and say oh you know we you know that i know i know that you know i know let's talk about it it's called politeness politeness is that it oh i think it's in our culture to not speak yeah <laughs> not to, to to be polite and to feel like you know oh you know uh, oh, I don't want, we to, upset don't want them. to upset them. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, if they just went, oh, what, what the hell is going on with your chest? <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, it's pretty weird. I drink <laughs> cereal out of it, and uh, it comes in handy now and again. But yeah, it's it's bizarre. My ribs are caved inwards, mm. uh, and uh, I can't play contact sports. <laughs> it's never stopped me. Uh, but seriously, um, but yeah, there were. And I think, you know, we we're just talking about men and women and, you know, image is a big factor mm. of our, um, of our psyche. Psychology, yeah. Yeah, of our psyche. And I do think that when we, um, again, invite in the question to look in the mirror and to see your body and to be naked you know nakedness yeah it's something in our culture that is oh it's got so many you know there's so many elements to it you know there's some shameful elements there's some associated associated associations with yeah nakedness and of course it's so it is you know natural to be naked some people feel comfortable don't feel comfortable being naked and and or, or or being in the skin that we're in and 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 that is a you know and it's again it's sometimes even just acknowledging that one thing you know even if this is resonating with you and you're listening to this or and you're and you're like what is you know what's the relationship that I have with my body um and my and my yeah my skin the skin that i live in mm. and this body and my image you know these sorts of questions just it's just a case of yeah. asking and again without judgment and that's the the piece around acceptance um of what is and just and even if the acceptance piece is around you know okay i don't like myself when i look in the mirror mm-hmm. how can i start to start to yeah one of the seven c's right which the listeners will will hear about in in the coming months mm-hmm. as it's a course you'll be putting out there one of the seven c's is curiosity yes and for me that word it brings brings with it a lack of judgment yes an openness yes a space a, yeah a yes. space yeah and so um, yeah, so you've touched you touched on the seven C's, and I guess for me, the seven C's have become the framework and the journey of self inquiry that runs in circles. Mm-hmm. Um, courage being the first step. Courage is the step to look in the mirror and say the words to yourself and admit the uncomfortable truths that we might have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's courage. It takes immense courage so to lean in. Courage, curiosity, community. Mm. Courage. There's an order. The is always an order. I love order. You know me. I know you love order. So the first one is courage. Um, and you know the courage to lean into that honesty, truth, 
whatever that is, um, to overcome fear. Um, curiosity is the approach with which we do that. So the why and the not why me. Um, connection. Uh, connection is strengthening the the knowing, the, the knowing of thyself, uh, you know, and um, many different ways of doing that, but connection. And fundamentally with ourselves and each other. And the deeper we connect with ourselves, the deeper we connect with the other. And the world. And the world, yes. And uh, the fourth one is creativity, um, which feeds into self-expression and um, our creative ways of thinking um, and allowing that, that c allows us to, um, to be creative as the scientist of our life, like we were just talking about, coming up with ways to tangibly You're loving grow. the scientist, aren't you? Yeah, I do love <laughs> the scientist. Um, creativity, and not just a around kind of self-expression and leaning, I believe unlocking our own innate creativity unlocks our relationship with confidence, and that's a silent, silent Sea. Yeah, because it's so deep. Our inner confidence is so deep inside us, and so it's a silency. Um, compassion is the fifth. Uh, developing a relationship with forgiveness and letting go, and compassion. Developing compassion as well, because yeah. it is something we're not born with. Absolutely. And and that comes from with self-compassion and compassion for people around us. And then the sixth is care. Uh, of course, caring um, for ourselves, each other, um, the planet, uh, caring about our environment, mm -hmm. physically our environment that we live in, um, our bodies. Which is all the same thing. Health, yeah, which is obviously... Yeah, it is all the same thing. So care and self-care, of course. Um, and community is the seventh C. And of course, connecting with people and like-minded people um, and, and, and finding community is one of the fundamental um, pieces of living a well life. Um, so, yeah, that's number seven. Amazing, and number eight is Chris <laughs> number eight is everyone should have a Chris in their life yeah amazing well great mm. let's wrap it up uh, leave you with, leave you with that teaser of the seven C's mm. and what's to come so how is how is that going to be uh, put out into the world mm -hmm. as a framework so uh, the seven C's is essentially the core principles that will be going into a course, a self-led course. So mm -hmm. it's a, a journey with yourself. Yeah. And that's the kind of fundamental level of self-inquiry, deepening self-awareness, you know, the, the relationship with ourselves. And of course, the seven C's, I love metaphors, could talk in metaphors forever. Um, and that's part of I Am Circle, which- We have not mentioned. <laughs> which we've not mentioned, but that's I've okay. talked about circles all through this, because fundamentally, I believe circles are circles and cycles, and it's and it's you know it's the I am circle was the mantra that s guided me 
down the path when I didn't feel like other than you and you know you didn't feel like a circle you felt like a square well not necessarily even feeling like a square but being feeling the triangle (laughs) (laughs) triangle yeah got a tattoo of a triangle Um, but no it was more so a mantra I am circle being like I am not a label I am not going to tick these boxes of society I'm not um, go you know I'm trying I'm shaping my own way through this life and I'm building that relationship with the unknown and of course building that relationship with the unknown and strengthening that ship you know building it and strengthening it so that you can set sail into that unknown landscape means you have to develop the practices and the tools to do so to keep strengthening that ship and to make those sails like vast and wide so that you can venture out into the unknown and ultimately I am circles started out as a mantra and I found that there were so many people resonating with that being circles in a world that keeps teaching us to be square and actually difference our uniqueness and unite being united in our uniqueness Um, difference is the way and that is what you know our difference our path that is the way and so I am circle kind of became became the um, mantra that then turned into a kind of philosophy that turned into a um, community a community and of like-minded people and more of a movement and a movement yeah (laughs) and so um, it's 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 a representation mm-hmm. of the not the not n- not needing to label or mm-hmm. confine or put into a certain category, and everything that we've talked about developing that relationship with not knowing mm-hmm. and 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 being at peace with that. There'll be so much we, we've talked about today, and people are like, "God knows what they're on about," <laughs> but like, be at peace with that, yeah. and it will come. The next thing that perhaps might spark something will come. But don't turn it off. Please don't turn it off. Because <laughs> you don't un- or, or like aren't following. Because sure. the, I listen to podcasts and there's so much I don't, whether it's I agree with or just uh, I have no idea what, what wavelength they're, they're talking about. But there'll be some parts of it which are so, so valuable. Mm. And it's just having that patience and acceptance of being okay with not knowing. Mm-hmm. Totally. And of course, yeah reach out if you want to know more yeah so where can people find you well as i mentioned earlier the uh, time on and off social media has been an ongoing thing but you can connect with me on social media um what's your nina bubamara yeah i'll put a link to that underneath and um i am circle.co.uk amazing and do 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 reach out do do say hello and yeah and again if there are people that have thought what has this whole conversation been about my (laughs) mum your mum she'll listen she'll be like what are they talking about oh hi Pam if you're listening (laughs) Um, so yeah and and if it is and um, you know we we haven't planned any of this conversation it has been totally unplanned 
an unknown where it was going to go. And I think we, you know, recognizing that if some of it, recognizing in life that some things will resonate and some things won't. Take what does and leave what doesn't. And don't judge and attach and try and, you know, make sense of everything. Um, or assign some belief or identity or idea about it. Just let it go, let it be, and take what resonates. And that's, that is it. it Amazing. Just, just is. Thank you.